Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Strange News Daily is a production of iHeartMedia. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. We're back and hope everyone in the U.S. had a good long weekend. Our first story today, the government of Alberta, Canada, is drawing criticism for one official's earlier statement that now is a great time to build a pipeline. Last Friday, on a podcast hosted by the Canadian Association of Oil Well Drilling Contractors, Energy Minister Sonia Savage was asked about the progress of the Trans Mountain Expansion Project an oil pipeline currently under construction running between Edmonton and Vancouver. Now is a great time to be building a pipeline because you can't have protests of more than 15 people, said Ms. Savage. Let's get it built. The interviewer laughed this off initially, but Ms. Savage continued, saying, quote, People are not going to have tolerance and patience for protests that get in the way of people working. People need jobs, and those types of ideological protests that get in the way are not going to be tolerated by ordinary Canadians. It's odd to hear this sentiment stated aloud. However, observers across the world have noted the same potential for opportunism here amid the pandemic. With strict social distancing in place, many agitators or activists of one sort or another have decided to hold off in-person protests. In some places, it's illegal for crowds to gather at all. 
By the way, both Alberta and British Columbia have increased their limits of social distancing or outdoor gatherings to 50 people or more. Irfan Sabir, who is the opposition New Democrat energy critic, called Ms. Savage's comments more of the same from the government, saying, quote, These comments do not come as a shock. The UCP have already used the pandemic as an excuse to suspend environmental monitoring. When combined with the minister's latest comments, this will harm the reputation of Alberta's energy industry and inhibit our ability to attract investment and get our product to market. Kavi Bal, a spokesperson for Ms. Savage, notes the public gathering bans affect all groups, saying, quote, We respect the right to lawful protest. I would note that the limitations to public gatherings have benefited no one including project proponents and any opposition groups. We should say the UCP has a fairly specific stance on protest. In December, enforcement began on a bill carrying increased trespassing punishments for animal rights protesters at agricultural facilities. And this February, the UCP also introduced legislation imposing stiff fines and possibly jail terms for protesters who damage or even interfere with the operation of a wide range of energy infrastructure components, even though these acts are clearly already illegal. That February bill has passed, and it's awaiting royal assent before it comes into force. On the other side of the coin, the UCP premier, Jason Kenney, defended the right to protest in a case of a man recently arrested at the legislature as he was protesting against public health lockdown measures. Mr. Kenny said at the time that he would modify such orders to ensure they didn't interfere with that right to protest so long as the established guidelines were being respected. So from the UCP's perspective, the bigger issue here is ostensibly the number of people gathered at a protest, not the cause they oppose or champion. However, given the growing global concerns regarding state crackdowns and power grabs in countries across the planet, it's no surprise that those opposed to the pipeline construction find Energy Minister Savage's comments somewhat ominous. And speaking of power grabs, our second story today, the militaries of China and India are in an increasingly tense situation as India reports the presence of almost 10,000 soldiers of China's People's Liberation Army currently on Indian territory. Dialogue between the two countries has broken down, and China apparently refuses to acknowledge calls from the Indian government to discuss or resolve the situation. As one local newspaper reported, quote, the most worrying situation is in the Galwan Valley, where the PLA has crossed China's own claim line, which Beijing had stated was the border with India, and breached three to four kilometers into Indian territory. PLA troops are digging defenses to equip themselves to face any Indian attack. A defense website from China with close links to the People's Liberation Army has claimed that the entire Galwan River Valley is part of China, stating specifically, quote, the Indian side crossed the line in the Galwan Valley and unilaterally changed the status of the border. 
continuing to say the Galwin Valley is a Chinese territory and the local control situation is very clear. Earlier, newspapers had reported that on May 5th, some 5,000 Chinese troops crossed into the Galwin River Valley, and they were followed by another incursion of similar numbers into the Pongong Lake sector on May 12th. At the same time, there were smaller incursions in a number of other areas, including Demchok in southern Ladakh and Nakula in northern Sikkim. Some 200 Chinese soldiers temporarily occupied Indian territory, but as of now, uh, they had withdrawn, at least from one incursion, to the Chinese side of the border where they set up tents. Seems they're going to stay there a while. In that third intrusion at the Pongong Lake, Thousands of Chinese soldiers occupied the disputed territory between what's called Finger 8 and Finger 4. As of May 18th, they had completely taken over the entire area collectively known as the Finger Heights. But even the word intrusion is tricky here because the Chinese government has not previously recognized India's claim to the land. Still, for the first time, there's a Chinese flag flying on a hill overlooking the lake. The Indian army has been slow to react. Indian troops have deployed in the vicinity of these PLA incursions, but they haven't made any serious attempts to outflank the Chinese positions. In addition, several Indian brigades began moving into the area over the past couple of days. Now, This is only the newest chapter in a long-running dispute, which isn't often reported in Western media. These two countries share the world's longest unmarked border. Back in 1962, they fought a full-on war about this, and they've engaged in several small skirmishes and conflicts since. However, a bullet hasn't been fired across the shared border since 1975, And as a result of that, there's this theory that Chinese-Indian clashes are flashes in the pan and that they're unlikely, or hopefully unlikely, to lead to more extensive fighting. This has been a widely held consensus for a while, but it seems that consensus may be put to the test. Both sides have substantial and growing military deployments across this largely disputed border. And for more than 10 years, the People's Liberation Army has been steadily testing India's military readiness and political resolve in these strategic areas. Most of the clashes apparently stem from the country's differing ideas of the location of what's called the line of actual control. In other words, the de facto international border. The skirmishes earlier this May have not escalated to the level of firearms, But soldiers from both sides came to blows, they were throwing fists, they were throwing rocks. Observers believe this was mostly an effort on the side of the Chinese army to persuade Indian troops away from areas they had been patrolling. Several dozen soldiers were injured and one Indian officer was airlifted to a hospital. However, at this point, no fatalities. According to the Indian government, The Chinese military crossed into Indian territory over 1,000 times between 2016 and 2018. And given that China and India's borders remain unmarked, these transgressions are likely rooted in how Beijing and New Delhi have differing perceptions about what is actually their country's territory. With so many other conflicts brewing in the region, many of which do admittedly involve China, 
We'll be sure to keep an eye on this situation as it develops. Our third story for today, a bit more cheerful, hopefully, crayon manufacturer Crayola is launching a new collection. It's one that's meant to give more much-needed representation to the billions of children across the planet. In an announcement last Wednesday meant to coincide with the United Nations World Day for Cultural Diversity for Dialogue and Development, the company went public with the news. This new crayon collection is called Colors of the World. It comprises over 50 different colors, and each of them is meant to represent a specific skin tone. In a statement, the CEO of Crayola writes, With the world growing more diverse than ever before, Crayola hopes our new Colors of the World crayons will increase representation and foster a greater sense of belonging and acceptance. We want the new Colors of the World crayons to advance inclusion within creativity and impact how kids express themselves. The crayons themselves are going to be wrapped in a gradient skin tone label with the color name in English, Spanish, and French, and it'll be a realistic color name. Think things like light golden, deep almond, or medium deep rose. The new Crayola collection is going to be available July in 24 and 32 count variations. And by the way, that 32 count crayon pack that has the 24 brand new colors plus four colors for hair and four colors for eyes, is only going to be sold at Walmart. This does mark a new step in Crayola's march toward diversity, and while it may seem like a small step, it's important to remember crayons are a huge deal for kids. In 1962, Crayola decided to change its original flesh color to peach during the Civil Rights Movement. And in 1999, the company changed the name of Indian Red to Chestnut. Although Crayola noted the color was named after a pigment originally found in the country of India, rather than a reference to Native Americans. They also included an odd disclaimer with this color, saying that despite that famous Christmas song, one should not, in fact, attempt to roast chestnut crayons over an open fire. That's all for now. We've been asking you to chime in with suggestions for stories you think your fellow listeners might enjoy. To give us your best bad dad jokes or terrible puns, or more importantly, to tell us about your personal experiences with the global pandemic. Let us know by tagging hashtag StrangeDaily on Twitter, or reach out to me directly. I'm at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter, or at Ben Bolin on Instagram. Thanks as always to our super producer, Dylan Fagan. Our guest producer, Tyler Spinoza Klang. Our research associate, Sam Teagarden. And most importantly, thanks to you for tuning in. I'm Ben Bolin. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, stay strange.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.